Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome to the Yahoo Sports College podcast. Dan Wetzel here. Joined by Pat Forty, Pete Thamel. This is the first of the off-season editions of this podcast. Uh, we do not lack for college football news still. Uh, we're going to sprinkle some college basketball in, and we're going to get uh, to the big Clemson Burger Fest uh, feast or whatever you want to call it. Uh, also, uh, as I, the guys have already noted to me, I have new glasses. Amazing makeover. <laughs> Lisa Loeb, watch your back. <laughs> wow the the old 45 degree angle screws falling out cvs glasses have been replaced by plastic sturdier cvs, CVS yeah. glasses it's yeah. plastic it uh we'll see they'll break don't worry <laughs> best best glasses 14.99 can find i don't think the <laughs> thing is right i don't know the computer is killing my eyesight i do fine if i'm not staring at a computer it's trouble Anyway, is, this is a is podcast. Is that important so. to your job, looking at a computer? Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> <Just> sometimes. <curious. laughs> I can't imagine why my eyes got shot staring at a computer for the last 20-something years. <laughs> hey, Jim Murray was almost blind, and he kept typing. You just yeah, yeah, I may end up blind. I don't know, whatever. Um, all right, so, uh, look, we're looking to do probably weekly with this podcast going forward, just an update to our listener family. Um, but you never know. A trial might break out. Brian Bowen Sr. is testifying or some dude in Fort Worth is shoplifting five cases of beer with his enormously long arms. <laughs> An emergency pod may be needed. So we will do that. We're here for you. Uh, so subscribe because you don't want to miss that. Uh, and find a friend to subscribe. Do something for us, would you people? Uh, reviews, whatever. Uh, so I want to start uh, with the big decision. Football defeats baseball, which I think we're all in favor of here. Heisman winner Kyler Murray is going to enter the NFL draft. Almost certainly signifies he's going to attempt to play pro football next year. Eschewing the supposed national pastime. You can see my contempt for baseball right now. Um, <laughs> Kyler, as I think we all know here. Uh, first round draft pick of the A's took, uh, I think it was 4.6 million in a signing bonus. Uh, and then in the quirky world of NCA rules was allowed to accept that and then play football. Um, however, had he taken a free postage stamp, (laughs) 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 
from an Oklahoma booster to mail a note home to mom and dad or whatever, uh, he would have been suspended. So it makes total sense, of course. Uh, Do you think he's ever actually bought a postage stamp? No, I don't believe he has. Yeah, he's probably, I think you mail something at some point, every once Hmm. in a while. Probably not much, though. Pat, have your kids ever bought postage stamps? They're they're Kyler's age. How about used one? I would say absolutely not. They they really? may have come and come to us and said, "Hey, do you have a postage? Do you have one of these archaic things called a right. stamp? What is this thing?" Right. We would provide it. Yeah, but I guarantee they they wouldn't know how to buy one. They wouldn't know where the post office is if they if, if they had to find it. The UPS guy just shows up, right? Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Anyway, spent his final season playing QB for Oklahoma. The A's gave him that option. Oops, big mistake. Uh, He led the Sooners to the playoff, named uh, the Heisman winner. And now the plan has changed. So he is probably going football. Let me just get a couple stats out of the way before we get to you guys discussing this. Um, I think there's like a a general belief that baseball is a better route because you can make tons of money and you play 20 years and you don't get knocked in the head and you don't get your spine realigned and all of that. And that is great if you are Bryce Harper. Uh, However, just 66.7% of MLB signed first round draft picks, which would uh, which would count Kyler Murray, uh, make it to the majors. And just 46.8 last more than three seasons. So you've got to be able to hit the curveball. Murray's ninth pick, uh, but he was headed to the minors. So there's no guarantee of more than the 4.6 million. We have no idea. He's a projected first round NFL pick right now, which I think is a big thing here. 99.7% of them make it to the NFL. Uh, and 71% of them are still in the NFL after five years, which I thought was astounding. Uh, really high number. And I think a QB of moderate ability can just hang around. You can be like Chase Daniels and make, you know, $60 million and never, never have to throw a pass. Um, <laughs> I found this pretty interesting, this stat of the 71%, just as an aside, make it five years. 41.9% of second rounders make it five years or more. And then it is a cliff, 18.8 for the third, 17.2 for the fourth, 16.2 for the fifth, 10.6% for the sixth round. So one out of 10 guys. So that's like three guys a draft. And then oddly, it bounces back up to 16.7 in the seventh round. So they do a better job drafting the seventh round than in the uh, sixth round. Um, So I I just thought that was interesting. I've never seen that stat um, in all this thing. So, uh, money-wise, Lamar Jackson was the last pick of the first round last year. He got a guaranteed $4.97 million. It's basically even to what Murray's got for the A's. First round, first pick overall, Baker Mayfield's got a guaranteed $21.85. Uh, there's just more guaranteed money if he is a first-round pick and he plays. Um, and so uh, we'll start with you, Pat. Does it surprise you at all that Kyler Murray took this route? Uh, you know, I mean, I think, Yes and no. I would say yes because I do think that his 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 stock was already extremely high in baseball, and you know he's a top ten pick there. And the A's gave him a bunch of money to sign, and they were going to do their best to make sure he succeeds. Football, it's still an unknown. I mean, the game is changing. There's more openness to having a Kyler Murray type player, but there's still, I am sure 
plenty of resistance to the idea of spending a first round pick on a five foot nine ish quarterback. You know, um, I mean, Doug Flutie hung around the league for a long time, but he didn't win a whole bunch. I mean, you know, you're looking for a quarterback that's going to take you not just to the playoffs, but potentially the Super Bowl. Nobody that size has really done it. There's, I think there's, you know, eventually you reach too short. What exactly is too short? Drew Brees, obviously, is not too short. The early returns are that Baker Mayfield at 5'10-ish is not too short. But is 5'9 or 5'8 or whatever the heck he is, too short. Uh, eventually, you become too short to play that position. So there's a risk factor there. Obviously, you only need one team to like you to draft you in the in the first round. And, um, you know, he might find that team. But I think it's very, still very much to be determined. Uh, whereas I think that, that it was set up for him a little bit more assuredly in baseball. But he clearly seems to like football more. Real quick, uh, Oklahoma is saying they measured him. Great Mike Houck, their uh, media relations guy, said they measured him at 5'9 and 7'8. So he's not 5'10 right. not quite, but he's not 5'8 either. Pete, what do you think? You know, I think it's it's one of the most interesting stories right now in, uh, in all sports, quite frankly. Uh, you know, I did that scouting series last year with the Dolphins, and I learned a lot about paradigms and exceptions and – there is one other 5'9 quarterback who has ever done this, and, it, and it's Doug Flutie. And you, this is this is an interesting point. Like I, somebody made this year talking about quarterbacks. Like when Ian Book took over for Brandon Winbush at Notre Dame, Book's quarterback guy, uh, Will Hewlett, said this to me, and it stuck. He was like, if you're a three-star and you unseat a five-star, it's like being a sixth-round pick and unseating a first-round pick. Like, if you go in as a first- or second-rounder in the NFL, you're gilded because you have the ego and the finances of the general manager and ownership behind your back. So they want you to succeed. And, and it, So if you are a general manager taking him in the first round, you're essentially – putting your job on the line, right? Like for the future, because obviously we're probably going to need a quarterback. The the one place I could see taking him right now is New Orleans. Say they have the 20, you know, eighth pick or whatever the heck it'll be, you know, obviously they had a wonderful season. They're the one seed in the NFC, so it might even be like the 30th pick. But, um, and you have a creative offensive mind. So about half the NFL are uncreative, so you can just check them off. And there's probably about 11 teams that either desperately need a quarterback or have a guy in the twilight like Brady, like Roethlisberger, et cetera, who you need you need to bring someone in and develop them uh, right away. So it's a rambling way to say I'd be fascinating if somebody pulled the trigger on a first for a first-round pick on him. The NFL has been ready for this. Just, you know, Jeff Passan, uh, before he left us uh, in late December, and I did a story just with about scouts. Uh, and baseball scouts were kind of ready for him to play football, and football scouts expected him to leave baseball for football. So this is not like a giant surprise that he's uh, that he's come down the pike on uh, on this decision. And it's it's a really fascinating paradigm that he would have to break to go in and have a coach GM coordinator stand on the table and say, this is our guy for the future. And I, do I think he could end up in the first round? Yes, but it would have to be someone with some compelling creativity enough, like someone like 
Peyton and Mickey Loomis, they've had a ton of years of success, right? So you you could you could miss on a first round pick and still end up and still end up okay on the uh, on on the other side. But I I'm I'm super fat. Like I'm going to the Senior Bowl uh, next week, and I'm going to write about Kyler Murray because like it just or, or I want to. I want to see what people think. I want to know where where people are. I want to know what the other quarterbacks think. Um, you know, like I would say he's the second best quarterback in the draft behind Dwayne Haskins. Would you agree with that, Pat? Uh, I, I would certainly, I like Haskins more. I just think there's fewer question marks there. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, yeah, given the fact that Herbert didn't come out, uh, Drew Locke uh, has a lot of t- arm talent, but I don't know. Greer. Uh, yeah, Greer. Uh, it's not a great draft class. That's no, it's not for him. Yeah. It's B- not. So that, there's a chance. And I, I do think, you know, Baker Mayfield having a successful first year, also somewhat undersized, maybe not as undersized, but coming out of the same system as the number one pick. Somebody took a risk there. That worked out well. That should work in his favor, too. I think that the Murrays had a plan to play baseball because they sat there and said, look, you're 5'10", you're 5'9", and 7'8". 5'10". You're not making it as a first round. You're not making it in the NFL. They're not going to take a 5'10 quarterback, blah, blah, blah. And in the last two years, the NFL has changed dramatically on offense. There's more RPOs. It's more about quick accuracy, athletic ability. Mayfield's going to make this kid a lot of money. All the different things has just changed. Everything's offensive, innovation. It's it's a lot less. Um, it, it, I wouldn't say a lot less. The NFL is always going to be risk adverse. But there is a little bit more of the it's a little less risk averse when you have McVay do you know, a, a 30, they hired him at 30 to be the head coach. It was a big joke. Boom. Here he is. So I think there's this bit where he had a, his plan was always baseball, baseball, baseball. And over the last two years, and particularly the last 12 months, it was like, Hey, you got a shot now. And it's like, Whoa. All right. Now, will that actually pan out? I don't know. I think like Doug Flutie, is the similar kind of athlete, right? Now, Flutie played in a completely different era. But Flutie, when he did play for the Bills, and even when he was sort of this uh, hybrid late career guy for the Patriots, was an effective player. But it just wasn't that, um, you know, in the Warren Moon and some of the guys that had to go to Canada just because they didn't fit. I think think he's the most interesting guy in the draft for sure. and and we won't know. I kind of like that New Orleans pick, Pete. Like that's a kind of yeah, you know, it makes a lot of sense on a lot of different. And levels. they'll probably pick thirty second, I think. Um, so yeah. they'd have the last pick, but it's sort of like Lamar Jackson. Like, all right, we'll take him. Um, and then boom, you know what? By now, he's not going to unseat Drew Brees. Drew Brees is uh, Joe Flacco and Drew Brees are not the same player by any stretch of imagination. But you know, there's also this bit with what Mahomes did. Like Mahomes, no one wanted Mahomes. Mahomes right. like he's a product of the of the system at Texas Tech, and people were looking at him as a second round, you know. And and boom, Kansas City moves up, takes him at ten, and then sits him for an entire year, and bang! Now they got the MVP, and they could be head of the Super Bowl. So um, I just think the NFL changed so quickly. All of a sudden, Kyle, Kyler Murray's got a got this kind of weird weird thing. But the day he measures at the combine is going to be like. Oh. <laughs> It's going to be the most anticipated measurement in the history of the combine. Yeah. Charles Robinson usually breaks the uh, – at Charles Robinson, you can get him on um, on Twitter. He usually breaks the heights and weights. He's good at the height. He's a height and weight guy. The height and weight beat, he's on it. 
And uh, that's going to be the big one. What are the, oh, is he 5'9", 7'8", 5'10", and an eighth? I mean, you know, did you grow up? 5,000 retweets. Oh, 5,000 retweets coming up when Charles breaks that. That's going to be huge. A lot of pressure on Charles on that. The height and weight beat will never be more important. Yeah. A lot of pressure. You know, you got you to get it. Um, so, I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, I'm with you, Pete. I just think it's going to be fascinating, you know, yeah. see what we get. Yeah, it's not the juiciest draft outside him. No, I don't. I don't think like a lot I mean, of good, good tight ends. Yeah. yeah, which which rush end do you want? You yeah, know? no, there could be like ten defensive linemen picked in the first round, maybe yeah. even more. Right. Which is which is interesting if you really like football. It's not interesting if you actually want people to listen to your podcast or click on your stories. <laughs> there was a year they I can't remember what year it was when the top three picks were offensive linemen. It was about four years ago, and I just didn't even go to the draft that year. It's the only year I didn't go. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, Eric what? Fisher, woohoo! Yeah, I'm like, okay, uh, I got no column here. I can do that from home. Um, <laughs> I need, like, Johnny Manziel dropping through the draft. Or Laramie Tunzel getting tweets oh, of him in a gas mask. Great. <laughs> we'll never have a draft like that one. Great moments in draft history. One of the all-time greats. God, I was so happy that night. That was in Chicago. <laughs> we 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 were doing the other podcast, I think. Then I, I think mean, we, we were, went to yeah. town on that thing. Oh, forever. that was a full. Who could, I don't even know who went number one. Didn't matter. <laughs> Didn't matter. <laughs> Did <not laughs> There's a matter. guy in a gas mask smoking weed. <laughs> I was at a, a Celtics playoff game as a as a fan that night, and you know I had my phone in my pocket and like watched the first half of the game, and I pull out my phone and I have a bajillion text messages, and all I keep seeing is screenshots of Laramie Tunsil. A gas mask, but with no context. <laughs> I have no idea what happened. I wasn't looking at Twitter. I'm like, who's this dude? Did it like a like a like a military bong? Like, is did someone get held captive at the draft? Uh, I was like, <laughs> so then and Twitter's the worst place to go when you have to catch up because nothing's oh, right. in context. It's all no. like reversed. I was like baffled, and then I just get like a million text messages with like the look eyes and the OMG. I was like, what happened? <laughs> I thought someone got kidnapped. Truly, <laughs> the greatest moment in draft history. He'd gone to like the military yeah. store, and then he's like, "Well, maybe I smoked once." Like, no, that's not the first time. <laughs> Nobody puts on the gas mask for their first first joint. No. And then wasn't he asked if he like got extra benefits? Oh yeah, this? And and he's like, oh yeah, no, yeah. no, yeah, all these. Sure. Uh, I pulled up my yeah. column from that night. Talk about going, <laughs> we're already off the rail. Uh, yeah, he t- he texted. Uh, old, I don't I don't know what's going on. I thought everything was in the rent. He goes. So ask for clarity. Was there an exchange between you and your coach for money? I'd have to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was at the little draft. He didn't know. He he's so scared to lie, right? Yeah, he's so yeah. scared to lie. <laughs> and then the, this PR woman's going, no more questions. Yeah. And we're oh. like, why? This is the greatest. This is what I wrote as my lead. <laughs> <laughs> Next summer, when HB, the HBO show Ballers begins its second season and the NFL tries to dismiss its wild storylines as just the work of fiction and not representative of real life inside the league, just remember that on draft night 2016, a top prospect tumbled through the first round because minutes before the event, a video of him smoking something presumably marijuana while wearing a gas mask was released on his own Twitter account which he claimed was hacked, perhaps some speculated, by his own stepfather who had sued him two days prior. Then, less than two hours later, his Instagram revealed screenshots of text conversations allegedly between the player and an assistant athletic director at his college, 
where he asked for payments for rent and his mom's utility bills. <laughs> That's a good draft. There you man. go. College sports, yeah. baby. The the Liberty Athletic Administration, Dan, must not read your column. No, no, they did not believe <laughs> that. Uh, just, Reverend you know, Falwell is not a fan of uh, the exclamation point. No, no, no. Well, we're all sinners, Pete. We're all sinners. <laughs> Amen. Um, That's right. Yeah. Um, no, that was great. I love that when H- we, when the NFL tried to crush ballers. I'm like, yeah, we've right, had right. we've had uh, uh, the 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 highest paid quarterback go to prison for running a dog fighting <laughs> ring. <laughs> we've had murders. We, I mean, every single crazy ballers is a hundred percent true. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, but they <laughs> that was uh, that was cinema verite there. They had Indomitian Sue own a restaurant called Sue Casa, and I don't know if he actually did, but he should. That was one of my favorite moments. It was an odd mention. I love ballers. I gotta watch. I gotta get c- catch up on my ballers. They started doing like pro surfing or something this year, and I lost track of it. Did they really? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't into it. No, I gotta get back on my. Now, now, you know, once I get through the Super Bowl. All right. Anyway, back to quarterbacks in college football. Uh, we're not old draft stories. Um. We know about the coaching carousel. How about the quarterback carousel? This is like the big thing now. Uh, I think it's a result of like all these top recruits just sign with the same five schools and then you get beat out and see so only one QB can play. So you got to go somewhere. And that means going through the ominous transfer portal. <laughs> dun, dun. The NCAA cracks me up. A transfer portal. <laughs> what the? You Remember go Wayne's in world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here I am standing in Norman, Oklahoma, and pow, I pop out in Morgantown, West Virginia. <laughs> what the hell is this? Thing? It's like Mario Brothers when that you go into the little green pipe. Yeah, the old Star Trek transporter beam. You know, you're here, then you're there. You Got to stop in Indianapolis on the way. It's like uh, all federal prisoners go to West Oklahoma City. There's a prison in Oklahoma City. They go, they go there for processing. Everyone goes to yeah. Oklahoma City for a couple of days. It's the next, yeah, the next great development in the NCAA jargon world, you know, where they always got some dumb name for something that we end up having to use constantly. <laughs> should have an and we should have a who whose acronym is it? NCAA or military, right? Because they got a military. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Except the military needs it, so there's not confusion. While speaking on a on a on a radio in the middle of a battlefield, <laughs> right. the NSA just does it because they got nothing else to do but come up with dumb names. The transfer portal. Try to sound important. All right, so I'm going to throw out some transfer portal guys. Uh, you tell me what you think of this move. Um, I'm going to go with the biggest one. I think is Georgia's Justin Fields. He was the number one QB prospect, number two overall per rivals in 2018. He is not winning the job in Athens immediately. He is headed to Ohio State. A huge recruiting win for Ryan Day. What do we think of Justin Fields to Ohio State? Start with you, Pete. You're our Columbus correspondent. Yeah, I think it's uh, a transformative transfer for the Ryan Day era. Uh, I think his work with uh, Dwayne Haskins was noted by the Fields camp. And, I mean, the Fields transfer brings up why the heck did Fields go there in the first place, right? Like, that's the that's the one thing I still can't wrap my mind around. I mean, Fromm had Georgia, you know, within fingernails of winning the national title, all right? And you think you can roll in and beat him out? And even – 
towards the end of the year, get, getting Fields reps just felt forced and awkward, especially in the SEC championship game when they nudged him in there a few times. We won't bring up the fake punt. We've already spent enough time on that. But um, I just really feel like I, I saw Fields in high school a bunch. He wasn't he didn't blow you away at Georgia this year, but he showed flashes. But I think his ability to both throw and run the ball combined with Day's creativity and the skill that he'll be surrounded by at Ohio State, plus hashtag Big Ten speed. I think he can, if Tom Mars gets him eligible, um, which I'm thinking he will, uh, I think he can immediately come in and be a frontline player in that league. You know, you would think he, Rondale Moore, I'm trying to think who else would be preseason Big Ten guys who, like, there's really nobody offensively at Penn State that jumps off the table right now. Obviously, Shea Patterson's been good, but Justin Fields is far more talented than Shea Patterson. Uh, he obviously doesn't have the experience. Um, you know, there's some backs at Minnesota. There's nobody at Northwestern. Um, obviously, the tailback at Wisconsin will be in that conversation. But right away, Justin Fields is in the front line of Big Ten talent, and I'm excited to see him develop there. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm i still TBD. I mean, obviously, I, I didn't see him play before college. So you you have that. And, and the way scouting is now, most of these guys don't miss terribly badly on high school recruits. The top recruiting services like Rivals, they, they get it right for the most part. I didn't see much from Fields that I loved this year. I really didn't. I just – I and again, using him in the situations they did limited probably his ability to do whatever he could do. But when he was in there, nothing happened. Uh, and I'm looking now at his stats. The only games in which he threw for more than 20 yards were Austin P, uh, Middle Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and UMass. So against light at best competition. Um, Why well, you got to pick on UMass? Yeah, what the heck, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Didn't they win? A they won a game this year. They beat UConn. <laughs> UMass was nudged 66 to 27 by Georgia. Wow. Part of a splendid 4-8 and eight campaign that got their coach fired. UMass scored 27 points against Georgia. That's <laughs> Just, amazing. Georgia quit trying, I'm sure, after like... Still. What, you know, Still. Yeah. Anyway, I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I mean, we'll see. He, I'm sure he's got a lot of potential, a lot of talent. I, I just, we haven't seen it yet. Uh, he's going to be handed the reins. I'm sure he's going to be eligible. Uh, as you said, Pete, Ryan Dace clearly seems to know what he's doing with quarterbacks. So, you know, odds are that he's going to he's going to fit in and do well. I, You know, is he going to be national championship good? Uh, we'll wait and see on that. All right. Now, because of that, in part, Tate Martell, four star from Vegas coming out of high school, is leaving the Buckeyes and he is headed to Miami where uh, new hurricane coach Manny Diaz having quite a, a January. So Martell to Miami, what do we think of that, Pete? You know, I think it'll be a fascinating. Martell did more at Ohio State to draw attention off the field than he did on. He was a little bit of like a liability on Twitter. He had the forced, uh, the five star swag. Uh, he had played at Bishop Gorman in Vegas. Uh, look, if Tate Martell was like a future NFL draft pick, 
Ohio State would have kept him and kept keep developing him. So I just think the fact that they were basically so willing to supplant him with Justin Fields says all you need to know about what the coaches there thought of Tate Martell. So I think he's good. Look, Miami needs bodies at that quarterback position right now. So I'm not knocking Miami for taking him. He'll sit out a year. He'll get better. He's limited in size, and he can't push the ball down the field. Now, there's an excitement, whirling, dervish, Manzellian aspect to Martell that, that is interesting, and I, I saw it over the years at practice at Ohio State. There were flashes but do I think he can lead you to an ACC championship as a quarterback? No. Pat, you got any? Yeah, I mean, the funny thing there is, you know, Martell, when when it, when it the rumors first started that, that Justin Fields could end up at Ohio State, Martell was rather outspoken on how unlikely it would be for Fields to beat him out as the yeah. quarterback. And, you know, you're going to come in here and find out how, you know, how hard it is and how hard I've worked and blah, 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 blah. And then it becomes reality and feels like, or Martell's like uh, check, please. I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. Uh, so there was a lot of bluster and then, you know, he left town. Uh, you know, I, I agree obviously with what Pete's saying that, that if they really thought he was going to be a great quarterback, you don't even entertain the fields transfer. You keep him and he's your guy there. So there's got obviously some, uh, some, reticence there but if you're Miami hey this is it's a very good get for Miami because obviously the quarterbacks they had last year Malik Rozier and uh Nikosi Perry were not good and maybe part of that's coaching but I think if you Manny Diaz who was there and watched them all year had to be looking and saying okay we need some immediate help here or or maybe not immediate since Martell's gonna have to sit out a season but still we, we need an upgrade at that position because these guys aren't going to get us where we want to be yeah I mean you're signing a, a- a four-star recruit who's got some college experience, even if it's, even if it's limited on the field, you've at least, you know, weight room, uh, nutrition, uh, you know, just work, uh, learning college offense, all of that. So I think any of these transfers is a pretty good idea. All right. Brandon Wimbrush lost uh, his job to Ian book at Notre Dame. Uh, I think he is a grad transfer, right? Fifth year. Yes. So he's one year Correct. left. Yeah. He chose the Central Florida Knights. Um, interesting. Big pickup, I think, for UCF. Wimbrus is not bad. Uh, he just wasn't good enough. I think Notre Dame knew he wasn't good enough to get him to the playoff, but pretty good pickup for UCF. I thought that was a, a kind of a sign that um, a kind of just a respect that, you know, that he's not going to like a, a power five he doesn't care about that. He's going to UCF. Right. I think he just sees it. So, what, what do you think, Pat? We'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it could be a very good fit. I, uh, you know, again, I, he's immediate eligibility and Mackenzie Milton. You know, nobody's sure whether he'll play football again after the horrific leg injury he had. Uh, Daryl Max stepped in there and was pretty good against a bad defense for Memphis in the AAC title game. And then against LSU was overmatched. Uh, it was 11 out of 30 for 97 yards in that game. So I think they looked at Daryl Mack and said, if we can get somebody better in here, let's do it. And Wimbush is eligible immediately. And you know, Wimbush is a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He doesn't sit back there and read defenses terribly well. I don't think. Uh, you can almost kind of see the wheels in his head spinning when he's looking uh, at a defense. He can run some. He's got a good arm. Uh, you know, fresh start. I, I give him a chance to to do decently down there. And, and Josh Heupel, I think, is a good quarterback coach who uh, has a chance to bring out the best in Wimbush. So I think it's a good choice for him. I 
I think it's good for both parties here. Brandon Wimbush has a fatal flaw. He is not an accurate thrower. And so he was a total misfit in Chip Long's offense at Notre Dame because it was predicated on quick, short, accurate passes. And he simply he's actually a great deep ball thrower, um, which may help him in Heupel's offense because that kind of Baylor hybrid stuff, you have the wide splits and you need to blow the top off defenses. But he on short and intermediate throws is just simply put inaccurate. So He's a winner. He's 13-3 and three as a starter. He beat Michigan last year. He is, by all means, an All-American kid. They loved him off the field. They think he could be a CEO. So, hey, you're a winner. You you go to a proven quarterback guy like Pat Sedd and Josh Heupel, and you go somewhere where, the you know, they obviously have Daryl Mack Jr., who's a good quarterback, who, who we saw in flashes this year. So you go somewhere where you can help a winning program win more. I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a good move for both, but – I just, I mean, Mackenzie Milton is hyper accurate, and uh, Wimbush isn't, and that eventually could catch up to him. All right. As of this moment, we do not have a destination for these. Uh, let's take maybe a prediction. You go in the crystal ball. Jalen Hurts is the big name. Yeah, the big crystal ball. Uh, Miami, because he's only he'd be a one year. He would be eligible immediately, I believe. Uh, Oklahoma, he could be the, step into that. The one I want him to go to that probably is unlikely, but is Auburn. I just think Auburn would be uh, just test the the Crimson Tide fan. Like, they love Jalen Hurts uh, so much, and if he went to Auburn. <laughs> oh, that would be what would that's instant divorce. One right? of the great conundrums in the yeah. state of Alabama's history. Uh, up there with the day that they played the Alabama-Auburn game on the first day of deer season. <laughs> It's a few years back. What do you do? Mm. I mean, these deer are just begging to get shot. <laughs> but it's the damn Iron Bowl. I mean, now you know they sat around and debated what are you going to do for like months when that schedule came out. So this would be up there with that. The conundrums of, of, of Birmingham. Do you still like Jalen Hurts if he goes to play for Auburn? Can we get him to Auburn, Pat? Can we chip in? Can we? Can we? Auburn's always willing to take donations. <laughs> for the sake of the podcast, yeah. we really should make that happen. Uh, Paul Feinbaum would, would finance that move under the table to spike ratings. Absolutely. The media yeah. could get that done. We could get that done. Here's what I would be saying, though, if I were Mr. Hertz, Jalen Hertz's dad is like, man, here's the thing. If you don't go to Auburn, Alabama fans will buy you meals and drinks for the rest oh. of your life, and you'll get a job selling insurance or whatever you want to do. Signings. You'll sign yeah. at the Hoover Mall like every yeah. I yeah, mean, ten grand. You'll be up. taken care of for life. Don't throw that away. Don't go to Auburn. Yeah, go to Miami or something. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think he goes with Danny Nose ultimately to uh, to Miami. They're set up to win there. It'll be no system adjustment at all, and uh, I just think it makes uh, it makes sense. It's an unimpressive quarterback room that you need to that you need to blow away. And uh, there's obviously some talent on the defensive side of the ball there. All right. What about this action though? Now, if Austin Kendall who looked like he was going to be the replacement for Kyler Murray, has gone into the da-da-da-da portal mm -hmm. and visited Auburn. Mm -hmm. uh, could there be an opening at Oklahoma uh, for an immediate uh, fill-in there? Could Jalen Hurts end up at Oklahoma? I absolutely could. I had him on – it was in the, my top three. I yeah. That would be fascinating. No, you know the system works, and one year you can win the Heisman. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, Jalen Hurts is very – not un yeah. dissimilar from, from Kyler Murray. He was twenty six and two as a starter. It's yeah. not like he's some it's not bad project. Yeah, not, not bad. bad. Not bad.
Uh, and in Austin Kendall, we are hearing Auburn and West Virginia, and who knows where else the portal might spit them out. So it's just a circle. It's just a circle. <laughs> this portal. We, we, we need to do like an investigative series where we enter the portal and see where we go. I'm going to get know? the gas mask. I'm going to call Tunzel. <laughs> ask him for the gas mask. I'll go to a state where it's legal. I'll go to like Colorado or Nevada or something, and or I'll yeah. get a medical thing. <laughs> I will personally. You know take, a lot about this, Dan. And take the thing, and then I'll go in a transfer portal. I'll come out somewhere. That thing would spit me out to like the University of Calgary or something. That thing would be like, you're useless. Saint Bonaventure. <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid the transfer portal could send me like Mongolia or something. Yeah. I'm not I don't, <laughs> I don't trust Spit it you or back myself. out the other side, dude. Come on now. Like when you try to put a Canadian uh quarter in a, like a Coke machine. Oh, here's uh here's a little bit of uh of news uh via ESPN as Oklahoma pursues Alabama grad transfer Jalen Hurts. The school is also blocking Austin Kendall from becoming immediately eligible at West Virginia as a Ooh. grad transfer. All right. I'm sorry. So we have breaking news here. Uh, yeah. Please. I hate when they block eligibility. Oh, ridiculous. Especially when you're a grad transfer. Listen, exactly. dude, I graduated. Right. That's like, yeah. you know, a professor asking you for some extra, like, hell no, man. I'm out of here. Yeah. Got the yeah. paper. You got nothing yeah, on you- me. Couldn't be, should not be able to tell anybody where they can go, especially if they have graduated, if they've done what they went to college to do, allegedly, is to buy, get a degree. Come I, on. I, I hate that. Then they always act like, well, we're going to play them in two years. We can't have them giving away our secrets. That's always Garbage. the coach's thing. The NFL, these guys switch teams every week. Yeah. Sure. Like, really? If your offense is so simple that some f- freshman who couldn't even play on your team might give away the secrets in two years. You need a new – I think the other coach will figure it out. And as a matter of fact, Oklahoma took a Big 12 transfer in Baker Mayfield within the within the conference. Bunch of, Give me a break. Bunch of hypocrites. All right. Speaking of guys that are never hypocritical, Jim Beheim, big win. <laughs> big win this week. A uh, little basketball here. Syracuse beat Duke 95-91. And uh, I want to give a moment to shout out to Beheim. 74 years old, <laughs> still going. Uh, his teams are never really number one anymore. But, man, when they got to get up one time for a game, here he comes. Um, this was a pretty exciting game. Uh, Duke had some injuries and started crying that they had no players left. But uh, I wasn't I, – I shed no tears. Uh, a stat about Bayheim that I uh, dug up that I had written about a few years ago. Duke always, or Syracuse always has really good players, but they do not have the players of these other schools. So Bayheim started coaching in 1976. The McDonald's All-American game started in 1977. And so it wasn't the rivals scout era back then, but this is basically the, the best we've got. In those years, so that's uh, what, 43 years? Yep, uh, something like that. He signed 20 McDonald's All-Americans. That's it. 20 all Amer- McDonald's All-Americans since 1976. Mike Krzyzewski has signed 74. North Carolina, in various coaches, has signed 73. Coach Calipari signed 37 at Kentucky (laughs) in 10 years. Signed 37 guys who are McDonald's All-Americans, and Bayheim has 20. Um, 
I get why no one gives the guy credit as a coach, but um, he deserves some. Uh, I know he has good players. It's like I always say I think Bob Knight's like the best basketball coach in college basketball history, and people usually scoff. I go, Bob Knight's best stat is his entire coaching career, he had one NBA All-Star ever play for him, Isaiah Thomas, for two years. One guy. Now, you look at Dean Smith, you look at yeah. John Wooden, you know, Shevsky. Like, these guys had the greatest basketball players of all time all play for him. He had one guy, Isaiah Thomas. And and it's like, and he won three titles in all these games. So, little appreciation for, for I like the curmudgeonly Jim Beheim. He's yelled at all three of us uh, multiple times, <laughs> hated us at multiple times. Total. Uh, May still. <laughs> May still. Uh, oh, uh, I'm sure he still does. Still hates us. It's fine. Um Big win for him, right, Pat? Absolutely, but your 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 McDonald's All American stats make it pretty clear why Carolina and Duke have each won five national titles in the McDonald's era, and Syracuse has won one. I guess. I mean, it's it's pretty clear. Um, but no, it was an awesome win for Syracuse. I mean, started out they were getting run out of the gym. They were down fourteen to two. Uh, then Trey Jones got hurt, uh, and everything changed around. But still, I mean, Syracuse made shot after shot after shot, and yeah. As you said, uh, Duke fans wanted to turn this into, my God, we're out of bodies. Well, they had the number likely number one and number two picks still on the floor for the entire game. Crime uh, Yeah, right, right. So, no, like, well, was, he's our most important player. Oh, my God. He's still got whatever. Zion. Yeah, you know what? And that's part of <laughs> – well, that's part of Krzyzewski's thing. It's like, well, okay, I'm only going to recruit this number of guys, and I'm only going to play like seven – Oh, and so we're not going to have a backup point guard, basically. That's the risk you take. Your point guard gets hurt. You don't have a backup. Guess what? That's your decision on how you wanted to recruit people. So not crying a river there. But, no, it was, I mean, it was a great win. Um, here was the thing that bothered me about this, Dan, is uh, they, there was some video evidence that uh, Jim Beheim maybe had a senior moment and uh, an and accident late in the game. And I really don't want to go into great detail about it because it's an embarrassing thing for him. But boy, did some people revel in that and want to turn that into, ha, 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 look at Jim Beheim. And uh, that's, you know what, that's part of the, the world that we live in, I guess. That's certainly the social media world that we live in where anything that can be mocked and humiliated is mocked and humiliated. Uh, it really rubbed me the wrong way, especially when you consider the fact that Jim Beheim is a prostate cancer survivor and one of the side effects that comes out for a lot of people, not all, but who are, have had prostate cancer is, uh, is incontinence issues. And, uh, you know, I don't know for sure. Beheim has, to my knowledge, hasn't talked about this. I can't say for absolute certainty that's what happened. But, man, people were rushing to post stories, to make podcasts of, ha, 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 let's make fun of the old guy here. Uh, and I thought that was garbage on my part. I uh, obviously agree. 74 years old has beat cancer twice. I think once, twice. I mean, multiple times. He's a hero, not a, I mean, and he's raised. Yeah. That a was going to bring zillion dollars yeah. for this, you know? Yes. Jim Bayheim is certainly a tortured soul. I was the beat writer up there in Syracuse at the post standard for, for a couple of years and was as has been mentioned downwind then. And occasionally still now of, uh, you know, some Jim Bayheim uh, tirades, um, he is not warm. He is not fuzzy. I will say he is sort of consistently curmudgeonly. I do give him do give him credit. Oh yeah, for, uh, no, that's I do, true. Do give him credit for that. But for all of sort of the uh, crook, you know, just 
sort of general curmudgeonness that he has shown, he has been a prolific, prolific uh, fundraiser for cancer. His wife, Julie, has really got him into that. There's a Coach First Cancer event they hold every summer that they raise a ton of money for. I would say no coach in sports has raised more money for cancer outside of the V Foundation, God rest his soul, than, than Jim Bay. I mean, it has been it – been, it's really daunting – the amount of time and energy that he's put he's put towards that. I'm sure there may be there may be someone else somewhere, but man, has he Norm dedicated. Stewart maybe, but it's yeah. close. Yeah. yeah, but he has dedicated decades and a ton of money. I was actually the beat writer. He missed uh, the first eight games of the year. I'm gonna guess it was oh one, could have been oh two, um, because he had the surgery for the uh prostate cancer I believe he's a one-time survivor that's off the top of my head so don't quote me on that but that is uh but I do remember that vividly and from the time he came back and there's a he's not a guy who likes a lot of attention but there's there's just dozens of stories of if someone in upstate New York a Syracuse fan someone in that area has prostate cancer has cancer and they call the Syracuse basketball office Jim Bam will pick up the phone and call him tell him about his experience like there's been some benevolence in, in that sense too of relaying his personal experience and giving people hope. So I give him credit for that. That was a fun game to watch on uh, on Monday night. And embarrassingly, I watched it on vacation um, in Mexico. And uh, but no, it was it was a, it was a crazy first half, and then the the end was uh, the end was a was it was a ton of fun. Uh, the great line is uh, Pascal Chuku, the uh, backup center, had 18 rebounds and. Uh, yeah, he had ten points and he hit the the front end of a one and one, which basically his free throw shooting form is like it's out of a slingshot, and uh, it was kind of fun to watch those tense moments late because he's had some uh, he's had some up and down performances this year. I think he fouled out against Oregon with no points. So yeah, a little bit of everything happened in that game. It was it, w- it will probably go down as one of the five best regular season college basketball games this year, which is a good transition to Pat. Yeah, I, hopefully uh, one of the very best uh, games this year coming up Saturday uh, in the same same arena, uh, Cameron Indoor Stadium. Duke is hosting Virginia, and this is the exceedingly rare guys number one versus number one matchup. It's out the out of the portal. portal. The portal brought us <laughs> <laughs> one <Yeah>. versus one. <laughs> no <laughs> way to go, portal. Way to show up. <laughs> No, uh, we, we've got uh, Duke is number one in AP and Virginia's number one in the coaches pool. And so we, we get number one versus number one. They're number one and two in the Pomeroy ratings. And, you know, bas- college basketball is nothing but clutter, basically, between November and mid-February or so. Except games like this jump out to me, mid-January. Not only the maybe arguably the two best teams in the country, but such completely different styles and different ways of putting together teams. You know, you've got the really fast tempo of Duke, number seventh fastest team in terms of tempo in the country, uh, getting up and down the floor, and Virginia, the dead last slowest team in the country, dawdling pace, wants to take forever on both ends of the floor. They want to take forever. They want you to take forever. So who's going to win that battle? And then the way the teams are put together, you've got – one guy in Duke's rotation, their top nine, who's 21 years old. You got seven, I think it is. Maybe it's six in uh, Virginia's. Virginia, all their best players are 21. Duke, all their best players are 18 and 19. So it's just a really cool uh, matchup. I'm going to be there. Looking forward to it. And, yes, if you want to pay attention to one college basketball game in January, this is the one. I think Virginia clobbers them, by the way. 
Well, they might. If, if Trey Jones doesn't play, I think Virginia does close. Virginia is number one with the coaches? Yeah. Okay, so I'm rooting for Duke because the writers have to know more than the coaches. I'm rooting, <laughs> and they usually do. Writer <laughs> versus do. coach. We're ha- mano a mano here. We're settling this. <laughs> I'm a Duke fan for a day. I'm sorry, Virginia, but tough break. Coaches <laughs> like you more than the writers. All right, let's get to the real story of the week. President Trump had the Clemson Tigers to the White House. And uh, because they don't apparently have any cooks in the White House or something with the shutdown, they must have somebody feeding these guys. Um, He decided to bring in uh, a feast of fast American fast food. Uh, Wendy's, McDonald's, uh, Burger King, and Domino's. Uh, You've all seen this picture, which is just... (laughs) One of the one of picture, and the best thing about this picture is Trump wearing an overcoat for some reason, candle lit, fine White House china in I don't know what room this is. I'm up on my White House, uh, and then Abe Lincoln looking down on it in the portrait. <laughs> <laughs> Abe Lincoln loved him some filet of fish. I mean, he probably would have. Um, you know, Abe was thin. I think he would have gone with the the fish. Maybe maybe even more on the salads. He was a thin guy. Probably didn't need Back a lot in of, the like squirrel days, man. Yeah, Abe not a lot squirrel. of yeah. He would not not have a lot of like you know whoppers with cheese or anything. <laughs> um, but you know, you figure he he this picture of of Lincoln, this painting has him with his hand on his chin, like he's contemplating how to keep the nation together in in a time of civil war, and and then here's Trump. <laughs> With this array of fast food that is like out of somebody had it. I saw on Twitter. It's like this is like a plot of one of those movies where the kid becomes the adult, like Freaky Friday. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I can. Oh wait, I'm, I'm I can order three hundred hamburgers. I'm ordering. <laughs> I'm doing it. Right? Yeah. I think Home Alone. He like eats all the ice cream at the Plaza Hotel or something like that. Um, yeah, this is it. Right, just a just an unbelievable picture, just unbelievable photo. Um. Among my favorite parts of this is Trump. This is classic Trump. He initially tells the media they ordered 300 hamburgers. And then like 30 minutes later, he's on Twitter saying they ordered a thousand. Like he's got, <laughs> he's got a, he's got, he's got to lie and make it bigger. Of everything, course. everything. Like what? You got 700 more hamburgers just showed up or whatever. Uh, and he also claimed he paid for it. Uh, I doubt it, but you never know. Maybe. Um, so, uh, this this was uh this was amazing, uh, just an amazing feast. Um, people went crazy, of course, because it's Donald Trump, and it's like the people that like Trump thought it was great, and the people that hate Trump were outraged, uh, or some people that hate Trump were outraged. Some most of I think most people just laughed, but I don't. Maybe I'm 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 uh, projecting my opinion on this, but like. This is unhealthy food. You're, 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 this America's got an obesity problem. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, it just, everything went over the top. Like there was, the Washington Post had like the lengthy story on this, like, you know, outrage of this. And I don't know. what Pat, what do you think? Was it okay to serve the, the Clemson Tigers some, some, some burger? I mean, there are salads in here. I don't know if anyone ate them, but looks like there's some salads. Uh, I will say that, look, if you want to find things to complain about with Donald Trump, there's only like (laughs) 9 million of them. And there's a new one every day, sometimes every hour of every day. This is not one of them. Who cares? Who cares what he puts out for a meal for a football team? I mean, 
this this to me, you won't you want to talk about majoring in minors. Give me a break. <laughs> I, I could not care less what Donald Trump feeds Clemson at the White House. I couldn't care less whether Clemson goes to the White House. This is all stupid to me. Uh, I just I I do not care. And again, I could I could give you a list of things with Donald Trump that you you could quibble with. Who cares what he serves for lunch? Yeah, this is like when Obama wore the tan suit and people right. flipped out. Like it's not the right. You can't wear a tan suit in the Oval Office. Like, okay, this is what we're Dad, down to. Yeah, you're moving Dad the goalposts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I don't like how he fits in those jeans. Like, okay, I got other uh, issues on our president. Unfortunately, this the, is how the, we choose presidents. Like, who do you yeah. most want to have a beer with? I want yeah. someone who I don't. I don't want him drinking. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to drink yeah. with the president. Right? What's interesting was the cultural like swath of who has gone to the white house and who hasn't like Roy Williams is a big Obama guy. Right. So magically North Carolina didn't get invited because basically the players were like, heck no, we're not going. And basketball the warriors have yeah. basically stood up in on the golden egg bridge and given a middle finger to, to Trump. Uh, LeBron has done the same. So, but you have in a, you know, in a red state you have, and I, I heard that, a lot of the stars didn't really go from uh, from Clemson, uh, other than Trevor Lawrence. Uh, that there was there was sporadic attendance because of that. But politically, he could go to his you know red meat Southern base and say, "Hey, you know, uh, I I hosted Clemson here at the White House." The Red Sox, interestingly, was in the Boston Globe on Wednesday, are going soon. There's some shutdown dependency things to it all. But that I think Trump just wanted some kind of win that he could actually find a team that wanted to celebrate with him. Sure, and they fast-tracked it. I mean, like yes. you said, the Red Sox haven't yes. been yet. Yeah. Clemson's there a week after winning the title. Like, whoa, that yeah. never happens. Remember Roy Williams at the Final Four two years ago? I asked him going in, like, would, would oh, you yeah. go to the White House? And boy, did he tap dance. His calves oh, yeah. were, like, shapely by the time he finished tap dancing around that question. Because, <laughs> And it wasn't like, I don't want to talk about oh, – oh, first he said he wouldn't talk about it until they won. So then I asked him right after they won, and he was like, ah, da, ah, but It's like, some years, you know, we don't even get invited. I remember one of the years they won, he didn't get invited. I was like, no way, man. You don't want to go. Your players don't want to go, but you don't want to cause a stir. Old Roy. That's like classic Roy. I will say this. Uh, this is I do not have the facts on this, and uh, I don't believe Clemson has released how many of the players showed up. Um, but if you go through the pictures, first of all, there, there would be like 100 players. Yeah. It didn't look like there were 100 players mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, I'm sure there were some that said no, um, which I think is a I, I don't this is I just say the same thing no matter who is in the White House is like the whole point of America. Like you don't have to go yeah. and meet the dear leader. Like that's our right. whole point. Like you don't want to yeah. go. Don't go. Yeah. You want to go? Right. Go. That's America. Like it's un-American not to go in there. Like, no, it's actually American not to yeah. go. Um, and in this case. They could go get their own Burger King and, uh, you know, not miss much. So I don't know. It's it's I just this whole thing to me, I think it's funny, but it's become like this photo op thing. Although I don't think like I don't know, like, is this really change? Is, is someone's opinion of Donald Trump changed one way or the other out of this? Like, I hope not. Like, he's all right. I, I thought he was colluding with Russia, but because he's a Burger King guy, um, you know, I mean, come on. This is just. <laughs> Just so funny. I thought this thing was a riot, and that picture will go down as one of the great yeah. pictures I've ever just literally could not fathom ever <laughs> seeing that picture. It takes a lot to surprise me these days, but Donald Trump with that array of food. <laughs>
So it's brought up a point that I want to get to quickly before we end the show here. Um, you go to a party, you go over to your friend's house, and generally they, uh, they're they not going to have fast food. Occasionally you get like someone will have like a big Subway sub or something. like I don't know, maybe. But they'll have, you know, someone will make dips or different. Oh, I made my famous buffalo chicken dip or I don't know, whatever they have. But wouldn't you secretly just love to walk into a party someday? Like you go to a Super Bowl party and there's just Big Macs everywhere or something, whatever your thing is. Like just someone just said, yeah, I'm not cooking. And I'm not getting you high end stuff. I just I just called called McDonald's, and uh, they just brought everything they got. Um, so I wanted to do a quick little draft for us. Okay, uh, we can snake draft this. We'll give uh, I'll give Pat the first choice. Oh. Pete, you can go second. You get the second draft pick. You'll probably pick Kale or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I'm more of a is, a, is a real liability here. Pat did not steal <laughs> your pick. I know whatever as your a, pick is, it's not what Pat's. As pick. a paleo lean yeah. eating nutritional guy, pizza <laughs> pizza major major outlier here. I'll go I'll know. go third. Uh, it, you know, and we could kind of snake a round or two here. If you're going to a party, let's say it's Super Bowl Sunday. We'll just do that coming up. What fast food item, Pat? Would you most like to see at a party you were attending? Just a shocker that you would just be so excited to see. Well, I, I am first and foremost a burrito person. I, okay. I, <laughs> I live a life of, of great commitment to burritos. Uh, <laughs> so I give me you give me a chipotle steak burrito with salsa verde, guacamole, uh, cheese lettuce, and some some Tabasco sauce, baby. I am a happy happy party goer. You give me that as my first pick. All right, there you go, Pete. Pat is so devoted; he even pronounces it with like Mexican accents. That yeah, was really impressive, right. Pat. Um, I'm going in and out. That's the, I do not eat a lot of ah. fast food, but when I land in California, I know right where that in and out is by LAX. When you pull out of the rental terminal, I am I am a devote. I'm double double extra pickles. I don't like the sauce, but no animal yeah, sauce. And I, yeah, I'm not an animal sauce guy. I'm not a mayo guy. But yeah. uh, which, by the way, we might lose half our listeners if I. Just I don't like mayo either. So, I don't, that's I'm right. A, that's right. Yeah, no big mayo. Thank God. Big mayo. Uh, Gary's big mayo is everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll I'll load up on the fries and dump some salt on them. Yeah, that's uh, I, I'm in and out all day. All right. So if you show up and there's a bunch of in and out burgers, you are. Oh, yeah. I'm stoked. Especially when you're always going to have that veggie platter and no one eats the cauliflower. Yeah. Like, why is cauliflower point. on that veggie I hate platter? cauliflower. Ugh. It just sits I, I there. I like cauliflower. Uh, I guess it's for you. Dip it in mayo by yourself, then. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I am, I, am, uh, I am taking the Chick-fil-A, just classic chicken sandwich. That uh, thing's there. That was going to be my pick. I mean, you can't go wrong with that thing. And you're eating white meat, alleged. <laughs> so you Deep fried white meat. Yeah. Deep fried white meat and a pickle. I mean, that's like a cucumber. So there's kind of a veggie involved, and then that's that roll. I'm I'm going straight Chick Fil A, uh, Chick Fil A on that. All right, let's not snake it. Let's just go back to Pat. You can go with number one pick again. There you Round go. Uh, like, you know uh, what? The other thing about the Chick Fil A, it's not like compressed chicken stuff. It's just it's like a an actual piece. It of It looks chicken. like you're eating an actual piece of chicken. Yeah. Remember yeah, when right. McDonald's said a sign up? It said the chicken nuggets are now all white meat. And I was like, what? What was it? Wait, what? Yeah, right. what? Now, hundred percent you know, chicken. Yeah, it was whatever we could glue like, together inside of a batter. Like, what the yeah. hell is in the McRib? Like, really? Do we know? Rib of All right, what? With the number two pick in the fast food draft, uh, I've got to take a burger second because I do love burgers. And while you know what, like on the road, 
starving, just give me, you know, gut reaction, give me a Big Mac. But if you give me a chance to actually find a burger I like, I'll take five guys uh, with uh, with A1 sauce, cheese, obviously, and jalapenos. Give me that. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. bring it. That's no good. You know what I'm going to go with? Uh, it's my favorite is on the Mass Pike, Dan, which you can relate to probably from all those treks to Amherst. I'm a huge Boston Market guy. Oh, There's yeah. less and less Boston markets. In fact, there really aren't many in Boston, quite frankly. Boston Market really has nothing to do with the city of Boston, uh, where I happen to live. But yeah, give me a half chicken white. Give me some uh, oh. mashed potatoes. I love, it's a corn maybe. Love me some Boston Market. All you in. put the stuffing on top. You get the stuffing as a side and then put it right in there. You could go all oh. that way. All right. We, we I'm willing to bet Pete doesn't even have a third round pick. There's no way he'd come <laughs> up with three. I, I'm thinking right now. I'm as unprepared for this as I am generally for the podcast. <laughs> All right. I. You know what, Pete, Pat? I thought you were going to steal mine. I'm going to go with the classic Big Mac. Okay. Yeah. If I if I got to get a, I know it's you know it's not one of these trend, but the old standard, baby. It's yeah. just it's been delivering. You know exactly what you're getting every single time anywhere in the world. I had a Big Mac in China once just to see what it would do. <laughs> I had like 20 Big Macs in China during the Beijing I tried Olympics. to vote, yeah. It was. And the workers were very excited when like an American came in. Did you get that sense? Oh, yeah. They would get absolutely. all excited. Like, oh, oh, let's see if he likes our Big Mac. Like, you're an expert. <laughs> like, God, America. I'm so proud of us. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody ever wanted to like ask us about like, how do you reform your our politics into a democracy? No, it was all like, do you like our Big Mac? We made yeah. it. Is our Big Mac as good as your Big Macs at home? Yes. <laughs> so I'm I'm going straight Big Mac, the number one. It's called number one on the fast food menu for for a reason. And uh on the on the, the whatever they what do they call it? The uh combo menu. Uh I'll I'll take the Big Mac over them all. Sorry. All right, Pat, back to round three. This will be our last round. Cause... Okay, all right. Uh, again, I'm, I'm going this is back stupid to the Mexican and our podcast has been going here. a long time. And uh, Taco Bell, baby, run for the border. Oh, Give no. me the XXL grilled stuffed burrito with the Fritos in there. Uh, it's a big handful of burrito. It's cheaper than, you know, your Qdoba or your Chipotle. It's uh, You'll probably regret it a few hours later, but by golly, it tastes good at the moment. Few hours, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thirty minutes, whatever. By the time you, know. you get home, things faster than Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Fourth meal. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you know, uh, we're 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 airport people. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give halves here because just to show how deep my fast food draft is, Ooh, I have a airport. whole draft card. I went to the fast food draft combine. I feel well prepared for this. I am going to go. Sparrow, which I hit in the airport on occasion yep, and have yep. over the years, which yep. I which I enjoy thoroughly. I tend to get the pasta there, which may what? offend some of your sensibilities. Pasta doesn't count. Pasta no. doesn't count. And I'm gonna wash it down with an orange Julius, old school from the mall. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, you said this is a food court at a mall you're in. <laughs> <laughs> orange Julius. I thought you were gonna go. If we're going airport, the Cinnabon. Like, oh God, you, I can't do that. When you're That's... going down on uh, like a, some. Some terminal, and you're going, yeah, like and all Philly of a sudden, you, you yeah. could smell that thing from hundreds of feet away. And it's like, keep going, keep like, don't <laughs> right. do not succumb. You'll get put in the NCA portal. You just, <laughs> just drags people in, and it's like, that is decadence. Like, that uh, the is two airport smells that get you that, and the uh, the Popeyes in uh, in Atlanta. Popeye, oh, yeah, can't that's... walk by there. All right, I am, I'm giving a shout out to Subway, uh, 
regular followers of me know I love Subway. I once in uh, Brazil tried to eat. I tried to learn at the Brazil at the uh, Rio Olympics um, how to uh, order Subway in Portuguese. That was my goal. Uh, I went to Subway like 10, 11 times. I, I eventually failed, but I came very close. Didn't you get like rung up on expense reports because they didn't believe you ate at Subway that many days in a row? I have been audited by <laughs> I have been audited by our company because I went to Subway three days in a row, and I get the three, turkey sub three weeks in a row. I think no, this was just a, a regular trip. There was a Subway right next to the hotel, so I go, I get a turkey sub, I get I, a chip. I was there. I get a water. And then they said, this must be duplicate expenses because no one would eat at Subway three days in a row. <laughs> hey. And it's the same amount. I'm like, I did it. That's, I mean, like, why do you care? This is my thing. The only place worse than the transfer portal is the expense portal. <laughs> yeah. At Yahoo. I'm like, it was 852. Like, you should be happy. That's what I'm spending. I feel like they're actually the listening. So we should probably not talk about it. <laughs> Yes, I go to Subway. Anyway, I'm just taking a straight Subway. Although I think the I usually get the turkey. You really wanna you really wanna indulge uh, the the spicy Italian toasted on wheat. You know, uh, can't go wrong. You're gonna get a full meal out of that thing. You get the turkey. You kind of feel like you didn't you didn't just you know you eat a Big Mac or Taco Bell. You're not feeling good later. Subway will sit in there. It'll take care of you for a while. So <laughs> it'll sit in there. <laughs> Thank you, Subway. You had the creepiest spokesperson in oh. Jared. Oh, by Worst far. guy. Worst guy ever. But other yeah. than that, uh, thank you, Subway. You've, you've served me on multiple continents. And uh, so you're my third pick. All right. This podcast is, is needs to end. Uh, we've gone on long enough. Uh, subscribe. We'll be back next week. Appreciate all of your support.